We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. Uh, that was not a fun afternoon by any means. Uh, we'll, of course, dive into everything about it. Uh, somebody who did have a little fun, at least uh, with one of his teams, is, is Alex. So the Philadelphia Phillies advancing to the World Series. So uh, I'm sure you had a, a weird day of watching both of those teams at the same time, Alex. But how you doing, man? Yeah, uh, my day uh, went between Bryce Harper home run and uh, I, I guess the Chargers trying offense from time to time uh, and interceptions in the process. And ugh, that was just an ugly football game to watch. Yeah, it was uh, again, uh, w- this is going to be a relatively quick podcast for for our standards. Uh, you know, we'll have to end around 6 p.m. tonight. So um you know not a ton to uh say tonight but we'll we'll go through it with you guys you know we'll have uh you know some things to talk about of course uh and joining us as well is tyler tyler what's up man how you doing awesome i love it when the Chargers <laughs> lose it's so much fun oh uh, this is this is gonna be a really uh ugly week on social media two weeks because this is after we get a bye week in between this and uh, the next game so that's fun <laughs> I, I think the first week will be ugly, and then the Wednesday to Saturday of the week before uh, the next game will be people like buying themselves back in. So you know that that's it's always a always a fun ride on Churcher's Twitter. Yeah, of 
course. Uh, really quickly, shout out to New Jersey Savage. I uh, appreciate oh, you joining the uh, YouTube membership. Um, and then uh, Michael Lopez with a super chat. Uh, yeah, Brian Dable looks like uh, pretty fun. Pretty fun head coach there in uh, New York. So really cool. Yeah, there was a timeline where Adam Schefter tweeted that Dable was the next head coach. And then we woke up the next day and something changed. Not saying that Dable is going to have some great success, but uh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so uh, Chargers obviously coming off a, a very poor loss. I don't even know if the final score changed from the last time I was watching. I assume it was still 37-22. Um, just uh, uh, taken to the rough shit, taken to the woodshed, excuse me, today by uh, Pete Carroll, Geno Smith, and the Seattle Seahawks, who uh, lost DK Metcalf like early in the second quarter. So, um, you know, we'll dive into the game. First and foremost, unfortunately, we do have to talk about a lot of these injuries that are happening. Um, JC Jackson haven't gotten a ton of clarification, but his his knee definitely popped. I would expect that to be a, a season ender for JC Jackson, who uh, seemed like he was playing uh, at least pretty well, was in the right position to make a play on that ball and then just uh, did not. Mm -hmm have anything to uh jump up in that play so um right before we jumped on Lindsay theory also reporting that chris rumpf uh is on crutches uh with knee and hip injuries uh and then of course mike williams um almost had one hell of a catch over the middle it gets rolled up on um you know has an ankle injury and daniel popper reporting that he is uh, unable to put basically any weight on uh, his leg. Sounds like he's trying to gut it out and and not get on crutches or anything like that, but um, would expect him to miss some time as well. And really, frankly, Keenan Allen comes back. I have no idea what happened there. He was playing a lot in the first half. Didn't see him at all in the second half. So uh, just another brutal day of injuries for the Chargers today. Uh, that also is accompanied by a very poor showing on the scoreboard as well. Yeah, if the Chargers lost today, and they did, but if they had just lost and it just was ugly and it was a defensive slugfest or, or whatever, and they got to the bye and they just survived, that's fine. The offense was limping heading into this one, didn't expect a whole lot. But for them to be probably out, Mike Williams and JC Jackson for most of the rest of the year, if not the entire year, definitely for, for JC, it seems uh, brutal. I don't know what it is about the last two blowouts, but against the Jaguars and against the Seahawks. Now guys are dropping like flies. And so they, they couldn't even survive and get to the bye. I, again, I, I wouldn't have cared if they had lost today all that much, but for them to lose those two guys yeah. and potentially not Chris Rumpf as your, I guess he's really their edge four. Brutal, 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 brutal. And, and thankfully, I guess Carter was okay, even though he got banged up. Drew Tranquil was banged up at one point. Uh, just just really, really rough today on injuries. Yeah, um, and it just continues to be rough because obviously prior to this game, they were already missing Joey Bosa and they were already missing all these guys. And you know now Mike Williams out for an extended period of time. JC Jackson probably done for the season. Um, and I mean, look, if you told people you know that joey bosa was going to be out for most of the year sean slater is going to be out most of the year jc jackson done for most of the year same probably with mike williams they would simply say at that point that the chargers probably aren't a playoff team right and i mean this is going to be a thing as they make this playoff push because they are four and three and they have some winnable games 
Um, but the more bodies you start to lose and the more, you know, producers that, you know, you've paid to get that production from that go down, um, it's just going to get harder and harder. So, uh, really just an unfortunate day all around. Yeah. And obviously Drew Tranquil at one point gets, uh, injured. He was able to come back in the game. Um, you know, but it just it didn't seem to matter. So I, I'm at a loss for words for this this season, and I understand. Like, I'm I'm on the I'm on the side of the season's not over. Like, the Chargers could theoretically still you know have a chance here in the AFC where there's really only three good teams. Um, so I'm I'm not at the fire sale. Let's start tanking kind of conversations. I know a lot of people are are going to be frustrated by that, but um, I would I, I frankly. We went through a 2019 season where all we talked about was fire sale and 2020 again. And I, I, I don't want to be in that same kind of conversation right now. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of uncertainty around these injuries. And I understand that I'm hoping that all of these injuries and the nature of the season kind of uh, lights a fire under this regime to make some personnel changes and 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 adjust on the fly. I mean, we saw the Rams do this last year. I'm obviously not going to predict that the Chargers are going to bounce back and win the Super Bowl, but other teams make pivots. And I think that that time is clearly now because you cannot run a functioning offense with this group of skill players. And I understand you still had Mike Williams for most of this game. You still had Austin Eckler for most of this game, but you know, Arjun pointed this out. You're trying to convert third and longs with Michael Bandy, DeAndre Carter, and Jason Moore and Gerald Everett and Isaiah Spiller at some point, like this offense cannot function with this group of skill players. So, um, you know, all respect to those guys, but your, your, your margin for error is so slim in the NFL and asking DeAndre Carter, Michael Banny and Jason Moore to play, you know, the majority of snaps against a, a good Seattle defense, good Seattle secondary, at least. It's just it was it was a rough watch today, and and Herbert was also not himself again. So uh, that's another thing potentially to be concerned about. So it was just the offense today had basically zero chance once these injuries started piling up. Yeah, there's. I know everyone wants to trade for a receiver or something, but there's no move that you possibly could have made today, except you want to hand it off to Jamar Chase and he'll go for sixty yards, maybe. <laughs> But otherwise, there's no move the Chargers could have made today to fix their offense because everyone was off. I guess the good yeah. news is if the offense just isn't off and Herbert is kind of back to his normal self, then you, yeah, the Chargers could survive and maybe make the postseason in a conference, really both conferences, just the NFL teams aren't really all that great right now. There's like three, four teams maybe. So the Chargers could limp their way to the postseason, but I don't know. I, I don't know what move the Chargers could make, and we'll certainly talk about this during the bye. What move could they make that would what would fix you know the team? Let's say you even fire Joe Lombardi, and that's your move. Does that fix Justin Herbert's processing today? Does that fix the fact that Tom Telesco or whoever's in charge of these personal decisions refuses to get anything else once their guys go down? Like I understand going into the year with the five receivers that you had, but then literally doing nothing the rest of the way not finding a swing tackle, all that sort of thing. I mean, that's not really an issue yet, but I think it will be. Like, does that fix, you know, the protection failing? Does that protect, does that fix the injuries? Nothing really does. Like, I don't know where to begin with this offense because 
everything was bad today. Everything was bad today. And there's, there's nowhere I can really start with this. Yeah. Um, every drive on offense just felt like they were in quicksand and like trying to get out, <laughs> you know, I mean, even when they had some like relatively positive movement, then Herbert throws a batted ball and then catches it and takes a sack. It's just like, <laughs> it, at some point, I, I don't know what to say anymore. They look like a team that hadn't practiced for like a week. And that's true for some of these players because some of these players were in limited practice and, and didn't practice legitimately um, and haven't been with the team for weeks like Keenan Allen and then Keenan Allen ends up playing half of this game. Um, so I don't know. Like it just it it doesn't feel like there's any continuity or flow to what they do on offense. And, you know, you could say uh, about last year's Chargers team, they, they were considered by some statistics a top five offense. I don't know if I would say overall they were like a top five offense in the league per se. But everything last year, even, you know, with the problems with Lombardi at the time, like it just felt like, OK, well, this team's going to get it going eventually and they get it going later in the year. Um, and they have some games where they just have an offensive explosion. Like it just doesn't. And, and maybe that's what happens after this buy. Obviously the chargers went into last buy with, a, you know, what was it? A 20 point loss to Baltimore. And it felt like everyone on their team had an injury or something. Obviously these injuries are, are much worse than at that time. Um, yeah. So maybe there is some room to get it together after the buy and, and figure things out. But um, th- this is like uh, definitely a deep, soul-searching week in in terms of offense right i mean these next two weeks are going to be huge in terms of what they're going to be doing the rest of the season because um right now and and like steven said if you have jason moore and michael bandy and deandre carter and those guys like you're off you're not going to sustain offense like you're going to score 16 points the rest of the year if those are your three wide receivers regardless of anything else on the team really um in addition to injuries in the running back room, in addition to injuries on the offensive line, like, you know, it's just not sustainable if you don't have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out there. And now the defense just got a whole lot harder with JC and, you know, potentially him being out the rest of the year after he was already, you know, starting to show some flashes in this game. Now you have to rely on Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. for the rest of the year, which I mean, is not bad, but you know, at this point, you know, you're suffering injuries just on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense. And the the more backups and depth that you start to rely on, the more it's going to be Herbert hero ball and Herbert doesn't have it right now. Um, so mm-hmm. at this point, that's just not like a competent, sustainable strategy to winning games. So unless you get Herbert MVP like performances with this roster, it's just not going to work. Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. I mean, Justin was off today. Like, I think regardless of what your feelings are of the coaching staff, and I understand they were not good today. Um, Justin has I, the injury must be lingering. That that's the only way I can think of it. And, and you know, he has his ball placement is off, his decision making is off, um, and then you're adding up all of these other things that are you know just making it so difficult on this offense to move the ball and like we talked about this after the first three games you know where you didn't have keenan allen you didn't have rashawn slater you didn't have a running game you didn't have keenan allen or i already said that um you didn't have jalen guyton like all of these things all add up and now you lose mike williams in a game now you don't have joshua kelly 
you know, you bring back Corey Lindsay, but then you you just are, are unable to run the ball. So it's it's extremely frustrating. And again, like I understand that Joe Lombardi is not everybody's favorite offensive coordinator, and he has not called a good game two weeks in a row. I understand that. But he's also not out there on the field of dropping passes, having false start penalties, holding blockers, not getting open from your from your playmakers. So, like, again, you have a B-level coordinator, in my opinion. Objectively, I still think that is true about Joe Lombardi. But you don't have legitimate NFL receivers out there with a quarterback who is clearly not healthy and not himself. So... I I'm worried that there's like this next man up mentality and they're just going to like keep pivoting to practice squad guys. And it's like, you can't function this way or at least shouldn't with Justin Herbert in a season that is supposed to be a contend for the playoffs, win a playoff game or two and see what happens. But that's, that seems what this coaching staff and this, this front office is okay with that. They're just okay. Mm -hmm. Rolling to the next practice squad guys. Like, after the bye week, if Mike Williams is not healthy, are we doing John Hightower and Cle- and Keelan Doss and Michael Bandy and Jason Moore? Like, it's just frustrating processing. So I understand that, again, Joe Lombardi was not great today. He was not great last week. But right now, my biggest concern is the roster management again. And I said this last year and how they just keep thinking that they can keep plugging in these guys and keep plugging in the next man up. And everything's going to be okay. And frankly, it's just, it's not. Yeah. And I mean, last year, what they did after the bye is like, okay, we have to change a couple things with the offensive line, get KJ Hill out of here. Let's go get Andre Roberts. Like that's what they did last year on the bye week. And like this week is just significantly more work to do. If you want to get this into a functioning offense, a functioning defense um, for the rest of the year on both sides of the ball. And it's going to be about whether Staley is, is willing to do that. Um, someone said in the press conference that Staley said, I think it was a super chat um, multiple times that they're going to take the next two weeks to make sure that they get the right combination of, of players trades um, or someone said trades and results of that. I don't know if the Chargers are going to make a trade or, or whatever, but like I, at this point, it, I don't know if you can have the right combination of players out there because everyone's hurt. Um, and so that's the position the Chargers are just kind of in right now. So, I mean, they have a lot of heavy lifting to do and just pray some guys get back. But at the same time, like Steven's saying, that's not enough. Um, because at the same time, it's just like you can only take so many hits uh, and can only take so many injuries before having to make moves in free agency or having to make moves through trades or some other route. Yeah, I'm definitely worried that they will do the next man approach. I mean, they literally have done that so far, and they've always done that with Telesco. Um, they've done it this year, obviously, with um, with uh, Rashawn Slater going out and everybody else going out. I mean, you, you saw the offense today. It was literally next man up, which I can kind of understand given the circumstances of it just being before the bye and you want to see what happens. But I don't know. I, it, we're about to find out how comfortable Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco are in their jobs, I would think, because... If this is it and you see where your team is headed and you know you're not going to make the postseason or at least be somewhat competitive with the team you have, you have to you have to go out and make a trade, a move, a signing, a couple of things. At this point, they do have to make two moves, I would say, one at receiver and then probably one at edge rusher. 
Yeah. Um, whether that's an addition or you elevate Carlo Kemper or something else. Um, but they got to do a couple of things. If they choose to do nothing, and I'm with you, Stephen, that they probably will do nothing, then it feels like this these two guys are kind of knowing that they have next year as well. Um, Brandon Staley for sure. I mean, I don't expect the Chargers to fire Brandon Staley by any means. Um, you know, maybe there's a chance that they make some kind of coordinator change midseason, but you know, this mm-hmm. this franchise just does not fire coaches midseason. So, um, I said from the beginning of the season, like you know, there were a lot of people who were saying that it was Super Bowl, but Super Bowl or bust. I never shared those expectations just because, I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs exist for a reason. Um, you know, but I fully was expecting them like at minimum, get to the playoffs, win a playoff game and anything less than that, the season was going to be a failure. So if you're just going to mail it in from a roster management perspective, like you're headed for not making the playoffs again, after finally going all in from an off season perspective and going and getting all these moves. So I don't understand how anyone in that building is going to be okay with just like next man up. Like this is, you should be coaching and man general managing for your jobs at this point. And especially Tom Telesco, if they wanted to roll with, with Brandon Staley in the next, you know, like, you know, projecting for, they miss the playoffs and Brandon Staley uh, misses the playoffs and they wanted to give him another chance. I would understand that. That's how they've kind of operated. That's how a lot of teams operate. But Tom Telesco, like we're talking about potentially 10 years in a row with one playoff win and no division titles like Tom Telesco should be working for his job right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, Tom Telesco should be. And like, frankly, I think Brandon Staley is too at this point. Like, I mean, this is very reminiscent of the last Anthony Lynn year to me. I mean, they're in a better position right now record wise, but ultimately you have a 28 point loss to the Jags. And you have a 21 point loss to Seattle. Um, Like, you know, you can say whatever you you want about like some of the Chargers, like nine and seven teams that were sort of in there or like their eight and eight teams. But uh, in that, you know, Telesco tenure, but um, just how unprepared they were today and how bad this could snowball. I wouldn't say that's daily safe. And then, I mean, the thing that is looming that we've talked about in the last couple of podcasts is the Sean Payton thing. And Sean Payton was, you know, at the Denver game. And there's been a lot of stuff about that. Um, not that I think that that contributes a whole lot to Brandon Staley's job security, but if ownership has spent all this money on this roster and they're not seeing the results that they want out of it. Um, I mean, I do think this could turn into an uglier situation than uh, anticipated pretty fast, but uh We'll see. Somebody said that Kyle Vanoi had an interesting tweet. I just went and looked and he hasn't tweeted anything unless he deleted it. So I think he means after the Keenan, like this after the Cleveland game about like not panicking on the team or whatever he did to back up Staley in the decision. Oh, that's my guess. Yeah. Um, So that's where I'm at with the roster. I, I think this team has to make some moves or otherwise you're just, you're telling everybody that you're mailing season in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the only thing improving this offense is Justin Herbert getting healthier. Like, you know, we're going to ask mm-hmm. Justin to do the Phil Rivers thing where he's thrown to say he is Jared Tutu and Legadu Nane and all these guys. Like, 
we have to learn from our mistakes at some point. So roster building wise, like they, they need to do something. I don't think they have a choice, but from a coaching perspective, man, like I, we've all been there, like in the room, right. When these injuries happen and we know how deflating they are, but like every single time it happens, it's just like, all right, game's over. Like we're losing by 20 points today. Like Mm -hmm. it's so frustrating to watch other teams with injuries show up and at least like make it a game. Like we always hear, you know, 80% of NFL games are one score games. And when things go poorly in, in a game for the chargers with this staff, it's just like game's over, you know, we wilt. And it's a big concern right now. Absolutely. Now you might want a shiny new toy, like an Elijah Moore. Maybe you want a Kendrick Bourne, but can I interest you in a Dontrell Inman practice squad signing? Because <laughs> frankly, that's probably what we're headed for. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you can watch the Giants today, who beat the, the Giants. Jaguars. Have no receivers, man. Like I know. literally, yeah, the Jaguars lost Evan Neal. They lost their guard, I believe. Daniel Bellinger had his eyeball poked or hit, you know, whatever happened his, his eye got knocked out of the game with it um i don't think galladay even played tony didn't play but they kept chugging and on the road i believe in jacksonville mm-hmm. against a team that blew out the chargers uh they found a way to win and i think that's just kind of the difference right now as well like they just like you said they if there's an injury or there's several injuries they can't find a way to really keep it all that close and i i thought that maybe that safety from Sebastian Joseph today and Troy reader today would like give them a spark. And then they come out and they go three and out, like just, just no creativity. And, and again, like I, I still think that Joe Lombardi is a B level coordinator, but it's like you, you get some momentum back and every single time. It's like, okay, here's, here's a three and out. Here's a six and out, you know, like it's just, it's just was frustrating to watch today. And again, like, we're talking about the Jacksonville game. We're talking about, you know, the Patriots game last year where it really was a one score game, but it really wasn't Vikings mm-hmm. game. Wasn't super close. The Ravens game. It's just, it's starting to become a pattern. So I, I don't know, you know, Brandon Staley, what is the solution here? But, um, you know, these blowouts cannot keep happening. No, uh, I, I'm trying to think of, so it would likely be Shane Day as the next guy, or do you think they would go with like Tom Arth because he had called plays before for? Oh God, I would hope it's not Tom Arth. <laughs> I don't know what else it's going to be, and frankly, I don't know what you do. Even if you get a speedy receiver, maybe you could think creativity, and maybe that's just what the difference is. Maybe creativity and different play calls work, but at the same time, if you're hoping for you get a speedy receiver and fans are hoping for more deep shots or whatever you're also leaving Herbert open for more hits. So I think that if you want to change play callers because you want to push it deep more and you're doing longer dropbacks and then Herbert starts getting hit and because he's more healthy now, so we're just going to let him sling it and pray this offense can win. I don't know. Yeah. I would say if they're going to make some kind of coaching change, like I think I personally would start with letting Ronaldo Hill call plays on defense. Um, that would be like the first order of business that I would change personally. And I think Brandon Staley has too much on his plate and that could potentially be an indictment on him. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think if you are not an offensive minded head coach, like you just need to let your coordinators manage and you be a CEO. So that would be one change that I would suggest if it were me, if I were in that room. Um, 
if you wanted to make a change at offensive coordinator and pivot to Shane Day, like I would understand it at this point. I would think that doesn't really solve anything. Like I said, I feel like offensively issues are mostly health and personnel related. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I think, I think this, you know, uh, Nick Sirianni made a change last year on, on his staff, <laughs> right. And started letting uh, Shane Steichen call plays on offense. So I think that this is the time to, you know, see what Ronaldo can do as the play caller and just give them a different voice, at least from a play calling perspective on defense. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and speaking to that, right, you obviously have seen what's happened with the Eagles since they've just allowed Shane Steichen to have uh, play calling duties. Nick Sirianni does his thing as head coach and it's, it's worked out fine. Um, not saying the same thing would happen because there's no we can't uh, we can't really do that with Joe Lombardi. We can just only do that with Brandon Staley's defensive coordinator responsibility. Sure. Otherwise, we're finding a replacement. Um, but you know, I obviously look the Chargers' defense has not been as advertised this year, even though they have some of the good performances like the the Denver game uh, and probably the Raiders one was pretty good defensive performance as well. But outside of that. Um, it's been pretty dry for them. So I, you know, that's one thing that I think could help. But then if you're Brandon Staley, I think that some coaches would take that as like, you're already kind of giving in to like a sign of like defeat there and maybe losing some job security by doing that. Granted, um, it's probably the better thing for the team at this point. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, the the third and long defense. <laughs> Uh, like, I, I don't know how this keeps happening where it's just like Marquise Goodwin is Marquise Goodwin just becomes Jerry Rice on third downs. <laughs> and we're just sitting there like watching it like, oh, well, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I tweeted it could have been like Geno Smith on third and 75 and he would have found some hole with Tyler Lockett like wide open. And I, I just don't know what the third down defense is anymore. And I don't know why it's so bad relative to their first and second down defense. Not saying that's great either, but they just give up these like massive plays on third down that like are just yeah. huge backbreakers, particularly um, earlier in that game with the third and 15 touchdown. There were a couple third and tens that Seattle converted. that They like probably shouldn't have, but um, you know, just found a way to like keep hanging in plays and the chargers just mm -hmm. kind of sagged off on defense. So like, I, I don't know. The, definitely, the defense is is a concern. Here's probably what I think happens if they if they make a change. I think they would fire Lombardi. I think Shane Day would be offensive coordinator. I think Staley would then say, and potentially to save face as well, he would say, "Okay, I'm going to turn over play calling duties to Ronaldo Hill so I can help focus on this offense," which technically is the reason he was or part of the reason he was brought in as well. Yeah. So I think that's probably what ends up happening if they make a move. But I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good call. I think Brandon Staley, that's kind of the move you have to make if you're him. You know, if you are, if your main off, your main problem right now is the offense, which I understand the defense is not playing super well, but all these three and outs, turnovers, it's not helping the defense at all. So, you know, defense had some good moments. Again, it kind of just reached a boiling point today for them, but um you know the, the offense has some major issues so i wouldn't be surprised if that happens I, I know that there's a lot of uh sean payton stuff happening in the chat right now um i, I would be surprised I, like i said a few weeks ago you have to trade for sean payton you know mm -hmm. unless you want to wait another year when he's technically like a free agent so um 
I don't know. I know Alex is on the opposite page there. I just, I just can't see this team trading picks for a coach, but that's just me. Uh, I'm not on the opposite page in terms of whether I want it to happen. I could just see it happening in a world where if Telesco and Staley were both sacked and Chargers ownership was like, what the fuck do we do now? Like, I think that is a possibility. Um, sure. And Dean Spanos has spent a, a lot of money, uh, you know, on this roster. And obviously right now is not seeing the results. I think he would want to, even though they're four and three and they're over 500. Um I also just think that goes back to like the discussion we almost had in 2020 when that coaching search happened with how desirable this job is, right? Because even with all the problems the Chargers have, you can still fall back on they have Herbert, they have Bosa, they have Derwin, they have Keenan, right? And all these kinds of things. Um, and I do think there's a lot of people that would be willing to take that job. So I, I think that uh, outside of the Sean Payton stuff, just how desirable that job was uh, would be if it were to become open, um, is a factor, I think, in that as well. Just looking at their future contracts, there's there's just no out either. You know, everything got pushed or deferred. Um, I mean, I guess you can... The person that you could cut to save money is, is Khalil Mack, and you, why would you do that? Like, that's the thing that's working. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Matt Filer, I guess, Michael Davis. W- what do you think they do with Michael Davis? Because I, I think that... Well, I guess we'll have to see how the season goes. And Jason's yeah. injury, but like they might have to keep him. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, I mean, yes, it's a $9 million cap hit. You can save seven by cutting him, but like, can you go get another better CB3, even though it's very expensive and you're paying a premium for him with the way JC, like, you may not see JC the entire rest of the year. We'll see how that looks. Um, I guess it's a dislocated kneecap, but I, I don't know if you know anything about JC by the end of the year. Yeah, I don't. I think you kind of have to keep Michael Davis and see. I would understand like trading him maybe, or you can talk yourself into drafting a corner, you know, in the second or third round next year or something like that. Um, you know, maybe we'll see what happens with Jaw Taylor. You know, maybe he's he's kind of able to push for a spot, although he's mostly a slot corner. So um, they, I think they have other cap options, right? You can restructure Joey Bosa, restructure Keenan Allen. You can extend some players here and there. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. What ha- From a roster perspective, my issue is not like the core guys, right? Like it's, it's just everybody's injured. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. In terms of JC dislocated kneecap from Ian Rappaport, um, I, I want to say that's at least eight weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, th- th- they'll have an MRI done tomorrow, and they'll figure out exactly how long he'll be out. So, um, yeah gonna be michael davis from here on out i really don't understand why they tried to make him a thing on tyler lockett today uh that's always been something michael davis has struggled with is the shorter shiftier guys uh so i don't understand what was happening there with asante Simon jr playing pretty well he had the one bad rep for sure uh bryce callahan as well so um again a poor planning in my opinion by asking michael davis to try and go one-on-one against tyler lockett not that this is like a good thing because he's still out six to eight weeks, but that was much better than the alternative of what I thought that injury was when it first happened. Like sure. I immediately thought, no, ACL. I thought it was ACL hundred percent. He's done. Um, and so for him to only be out six to eight weeks, it at least gives you something to evaluate, you know, the back half of the season when he does return. Um, and, and you can get some performances from him, you know, down the stretch, hopefully. 
um, if this team still is in a position to compete by then. So that's good. Um, aside from that, though, obviously, I yeah, know, I mean, whole team's injured, like we said. As far as the Michael Davis thing, that's going to get really interesting, especially if Michael Davis, I mean, not like he put today, but if Michael Davis can put together performances like he did in the Denver game, I mean, that becomes, you know, conversation as to what, what you do when JC gets back exactly, but not saying Michael Davis is going to be like that the whole rest of the season. Uh, I'm sure he'll have some moments like he did today, and he's not a perfect corner by any means, but um, going to be an interesting conversation in the quarterback room, especially like when you talk about free agency next year as well, because the Tom Telesco strategy has been cutting guys like Filer, cutting guys like Davis, maybe a year early relative to when they should be cut. Um, but my, you know, Michael Davis might make that a tough decision with his play down the stretch. And then, you know, depending on how JC Jackson's rehab and, and return goes towards the end of this year. Yeah. Um, so apparently Keenan Allen thinks that Mike Williams has a high ankle sprain, um, which would make sense. That's kind of what happens in the, those kind of roll-ups situations. Um, so if he has a high ankle sprain, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but I would assume that also lands him on injured reserve. So it's going to be a, an unfortunately busy week for injured reserve this week. Jeez. I mean, all things considered, it's not as bad as I thought it was about 30 minutes ago. Yeah. I, I, um, I mean, high ankle sprain could, can mean many different things, right? So yeah, depends the severity there um some people saying six weeks some people saying three to four weeks but um you know it's 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 gonna be a while <laughs> for sure um so i don't know man it's extremely frustrating i we i think we all felt that this was more of a toss-up game than people were saying on twitter but you know to have this kind of performance i you know, this is this next week against the Falcons, man. It's it's must win territory for the Chargers. And, you know, last season, Chargers get blown out by the Ravens. They have a bye week and then they completely just got erased by the Patriots the following week after that. So um, I don't think that the Falcons are the Patriots. Uh, that said, you know, the Falcons are doing some really good things on offense. Um, you know, they kind of got wrecked by Joe Burrow and company today on defense. But, you know. If you have a poor showing again against the Falcons after the bye week, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough time for this coaching staff. Yeah, and by then it'll be too late because you can't trade for anybody. Yes, also that. So, um, I don't know. Do we want to take questions? We want to talk about some positive things. I got. I don't know what to do for today. I'm just kind of at a loss for words. We could try to find some positives so people don't DM you and say that we're too negative <laughs> again. But uh, yeah, um, so I, I think for me, where I kind of want to start from a positive perspective would be Nasir Adderley. Um, you know, he, he's had some really good moments the last couple weeks, um, had a couple of good pass uh, breakups, really good coverage in some instances. Um, he had some really great tackles in space today. So, um, you know, he got benched for Alohi Gilman for some very poor play. And, mm -hmm. and I think that was the right decision at that time. Um, but Nasir Adderley has come back and played really well the last couple of weeks. And, you know, for a team that really doesn't have a whole lot of that going around, uh, it's been, it's been good to see with, with Nas playing more like himself, uh, or at least the, the version of him from 2021. Yeah. It hasn't been perfect, but nice to see him around the football a bit more or a lot more, I should say, 
so yeah that, that's a good one let me see what else i can find in here um Some people saying special teams i think the punt yes. team in particular yeah punt team I gotta, is, the, is the punt team the best unit right now on the team e... sure <laughs> why not I, I mean you know the, the the kicking game is good uh Bertolette made field goals like he did he did <laughs> he make sure field he, goals. Came, he, came, he made the field goals today <laughs> Dustin Hopkins made them last week. So, I mean, credit where credit's due. Mm -hmm. um, J.K. Scott looks good, though, man. He had that, uh, you know, he had that one really bad punt last week. But, um, you know, that punt that he landed at the two was a beauty today. There was another one that kind of uh, had a good friendly bounce. So, uh, shout out J.K. Scott, I guess. Yeah, that was sick. I'm actually a little surprised he didn't take kickoffs today i actually thought that maybe that he would have because he worked pretty well last week but that's uh, fine um i honestly can't even remember did bertolet do kickoffs well or not um that's a great question so let's see <laughs> kick returns uh, eskridge had a long of 25 so i suppose it wasn't bad um i thought the jerseys looked good today they lost it did them, but mm -hmm. the jerseys did look good yeah and we could blame you know blame are, are we blaming the jerseys like <laughs> at what point are we concerned about the navy jerseys being cursed are we at uh, well okay it's a fair point but i mean i think i blame the whole team dying over the fact that it's a, a darker blue color so <laughs> i do think that is the bigger issue here but uh mm -hmm. oh and four in the navy jerseys is something Five and yeah. one in the powder and the color rushes, though. So I mean, they'll they'll win that Miami game. Cross my. Oh, fingers. that's good. Is that when we're color rush? Yep. Or whatever. That, that oh, Miami cool, game cool. is the color rush. Yeah, I definitely need that win. Okay, that's a good good strategy. <laughs> I like that. Hedging your bets. Um, well, somebody board. said Gerald Everett got hurt too. Is that true? I I honestly missed the last. So he, he pulled himself. He caught a couple passes, or passes went his way. He, I think he's. They got to like the four again, and then he's tried to sub himself out. Oh no! <laughs> I, I think he was officially granted that sub out. Um, outside of the drop, I thought Ever played pretty well today. You know, had some moments. I have this. Okay, I have this thought, and people are gonna fucking hate it. I'm not saying that he's worse than Jared Cook. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm trying to say is, Herbert. I think targeted or had better chemistry with jared cook and i feel like that's kind of missing this year mm. ducks I, I don't hate that i don't hate that take i don't hate that i kind of well i think herbert targeted him more i think the chemistry is about the same um because cook cook and uh cook and herbert had their fair share of miscommunications and everett mm. and herbert had a pretty bad miscommunication in this game as well um in terms of where he was supposed to be so yeah, before it was uh, it was uh, Michael it was Michael Jackson who was like right about to intercept it and like no one was around him and I think Herbert expected um, Herbert expected Everett to like be there. Um, so I don't know. Like I I guess it's a it's a toss up for me, but I mean not anything that makes a difference in terms of how this season's going. I guess. <laughs> Well done, Tyler. Well done. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I, I, I don't hate that take. I think, uh, you know, him and uh, Jared Cook definitely, maybe it was like a, he's a veteran. I don't know. Like, I mean, I know Jared Everett's not a young guy by any means, but um, I don't know. I don't hate that take at all. I, I think he definitely trusted, um, he definitely trusted Jared Cook more than Jared Everett. There's just, there's something, I know Keenan hasn't been in, but who does Herbert have chemistry with really on this offense right now? I don't see anybody that's like. It's Eckler and that's about it. And Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Is it even really Mike Williams? Like, is it really? I don't know. It is. It feels like. It's, it, it's Mike Williams when the ball isn't dropped, I guess. <laughs> Um, it's definitely Eckler. Like he definitely knows that, Hey, I can get to my check down and, and, and I'll give Eckler a chance. But, um, I, to me, the Mike Williams stuff is almost more like game plan related. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I said last week, I wish that they would have done a better job there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. And now you got all these injuries, like maybe Keenan Allen is back next week or after the bye week. I don't know. He didn't play in the second half. Was there a setback? I don't know. So it's just frustrating. A lot of frustration today for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when we want to pivot to this, but I do want to get to some super chats because people are firing them in. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'll just go through them. Make the transition. Telesco is one of the worst records in the NFL. Uh, Yep. Been a season ticket holder through all of it. Really fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have much to add there. Hey, Kelsey, thanks for being a new YouTube member. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Hopefully, the Discord link works for you. I don't know why people are joining up as members now, but I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Appreciate it. From Tim Stewart, you know, if, if, make- if you if you oh. if you buy in on the bottom floor and then you you get in you get in while the charger stock is low, then maybe by the end of the season things will be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Invest early. Thank you. Uh, Tim Stewart. Any chance we make a run at OBJ after all? No. Um, I think this staff has shown that they would rather get guys that they know and are comfortable with the system. So, you know, that's why I've said, you know, like Marquez Calloway, Kendrick Bourne, stuff like that. So. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna trot out Marquez Callaway in two weeks and be like, "This is it, guys." We're it's better than it. Jason Moore. It is. <laughs> I have no idea. What, I don't know what Jason Moore's job is. Oh my honestly. god! Can they can they trade for Marquez Callaway during the bye week so we can get like a Marquez Callaway like hype hype tapes on, like on Twitter <laughs> and people being like, "Here we go. Here's our savior." <laughs> hey, I need some. I need some film to watch over the the bye week. I'm not. I'm for damn sure not watching this game back. Yeah, now that we've oh, paid for ExpressVPN, um, <laughs> <laughs> just watch this game. <laughs> I think ExpressVPN actually took away our subscription at the right time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, I'm not there with JC yet in terms of being the biggest bust of Telesco's career. I mean, Orlando Franklin is is probably still that guy for me. Yeah. Um, to Maybe really blogger. say, and I mean, the guy played good today and busted his kneecap, man. Like, what are we doing here? Not saying right. that he's been good the rest of the year, but like, um, I mean, TBD. Yeah. 
I think we covered this one from Victor. Steely said multiple times they wanted to find the right combination of players out there. Trades. Um, is Kyler Fackerel healthy? Like, I feel like that's a stupid thing they're going to do. Uh, well, according to Chase Bendel, he is, but he's also considering retiring. Because I, I did reach out to Chase after Joey got hurt and ask him about that. I love it. You have a Kyler Fackerel plug. I have a <laughs> baby's being born at a hospital plug. <laughs> you know, we all just... Like, we all just... <laughs> and they say we're fake. Um, so Keenan Allen said afterwards that uh, he didn't play in the second half because he was on his snap count and the team uh, didn't want to uh, rush him back. So... There's that. Re- reach yeah. out to Chase. Reach out to Chase on Tuesday or Wednesday because of the Chris Rump <laughs> thing. So we need another update on Kyler Fackrell and whether he's considering <laughs> retirement or coming back to the church. <laughs> I will do that for sure. Um, Mike Dub getting paid wide receiver one money, but is it two at best? Um, yeah. I think I mean, he's high in number two, but that's also the market. Like, yeah. you know, he I just d- happened to hit for yeah. sure at the right time. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think he hit for agency at the right time for sure. Um, I mean, is he really getting paid wide receiver one money? He's making twenty million annually, right? So, if you see the contract Devontae just got, for example, that far outpaces that in terms of annual value. So, like, I mean, yeah, he he probably fluctuates between a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two, premium wide receiver two for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess it depends how far down you want to go with wide receiver one. Yeah. Um, I mean, but the, you know, and and like the Chargers knew this when they paid Mike Williams, right? It's like he's he's gonna have a week where he has 140 yards, and you know he looks like Mike Williams. And then there's you know the last two games, obviously the Broncos game and, and this one. So, um, I, I mean, I just I don't know, yeah. like that that's how Mike Williams has been. The Chargers kind of knew what they were paying for, and that's also why the Chargers gave him a two year deal as opposed to a deal that was you know longer in structure. Yeah, so he's currently wide receiver 12 on the annual value market. Um, so there's, I don't know, depends how far you want to go down there. I, I think you also have to overpay a guy like him when he's your free agent because, like we've said before, the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to throw a huge amount of money at him if he actually hit the open market. So um, they definitely had to overpay for him. But I also don't think like this is bad. Like Mike. Justin Herbert wanted Mike Williams back and you know, the whole, everybody wanted Mike Williams back. They had the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't understand why people are focusing on Mike Williams right now. He's also hurt. So like calm down. <laughs> yeah. I, although I was disappointed that most of the production came on shallow crossers today. And I, I don't know how, maybe Tariq Woolen played a great game. I don't know. I um, would have loved to see a bit more than that. Uh, yeah, it's better than what they did last week when it was, all he it was is. doing was go routes and slants. So, mm-hmm. um, Christian Hernandez, is there anything positive that we can attribute to Staley? I can't think of anything, and it's disappointing. Our defense is soft and terrible. Um, I don't think the defense is soft and terrible. I I think again, it was just kind of a boiling point today. But you know, I I I don't know. I'm definitely frustrated with Brandon Staley for sure, and the whole coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing in response to that question is like, you know, Brandon Staley was 
brought in here to, you know, be the guy who evolves this defense into the next, you know, stage of the NFL and hasn't done that yet. Right. And part of that's been the injuries, but, um, you know, we're still talking about some of the same things along the defensive line. We're still talking about some of the same things in the linebacker room and secondary. So, um, yeah, like I think there was an expectation that by now with the additions they made that this could be a top five defense, but, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not there yet. I, I will say that player development for me has definitely gotten better under Brandon Staley. And I think we can point to a few instances of that. You know, I mentioned Nasir Adderley earlier. Um, they're maximizing Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray have each taken steps forward this year. I mean, Jerry Tillery looks like he's a functional player. <laughs> um, you know, you can talk about Joshua Kelly. Again, a lot of that is probably his his own doing. Same with Trey Pipkins. Mm-hmm. But so I, I do think that player development is definitely better under Brandon Staley than the previous three coaches that the Chargers have had. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the thing with Staley, I even think Staley's a fine head coach. It's more the play call. It's more the defensive coordinator. That's the issue for me because it should not be this difficult with the amount of talent they have on that defense. Although now we can't even say that. Yeah, and I know people are frustrated mm-hmm. by the by Brandon Staley's scheme, like schematics wise. But to me, it's not the issue of like what they're running. It's just like the execution of things and specific mm-hmm. the specific timing of it. I mean, the Brandon Staley mm-hmm. defense is all over the NFL, and yeah. people that are running it in other places are doing it very, very well. So yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about like fourth down aggressiveness of Staley as well, and be like, well, they went for it on fourth and two, and they, you know, in the Cleveland game and fourth and inches today. I mean, the common theme between those two plays is it was a shitty play call. I mean, the, like the you know you do a qb sneak 100 times out of 100 on fourth and inches with six six justin herbert and then they're like okay well austin eckler you can have it like i i don't know what they were doing there either so i mean yeah like you know you could talk about and i got people talking about like not converting on fourth down and that kind of stuff but it's also like that that goes back to like joe lombardi who i mean for me you can say what you want about him like for the entirety of his career but uh he's been really underwhelming this year on fourth down and, and fourth down calls Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not as upset about them not running a sneak uh, early in that game. I mean, the Seahawks were right there ready for it. So. Yeah, I don't get that. I just I just would have pivoted to something else other than, hey, they're ready for a sneak, and our solution is running Austin Eckler right at that spot. So I'm okay not running a sneak. I wish they would have done something mm-hmm. else besides that. You know, do a rollout, get Herbert on the uh, out on the move, toss play would have been a better play call in that situation a counter you know something besides yeah. just hey i'm going to turn and hand this ball off to austin yeah. Eckler right to the same spot where the seattle seahawks were ready for a quarterback sneak okay maybe i've been watching too much jalen hurts where they just push him over the pile even though they know the defense yeah yeah the chargers the chargers don't have landon dickerson and, that's and yeah that's true guys, so. that's true yeah i, I don't right. understand the vitriol for the whole not doing quarterback sneak like herbert can't even run functionally right now and he chooses to yeah. make very odd running decisions and so i just like not that he would get his rib you know caved in on a quarterback sneak but you also don't want to find out either yeah yeah and for what it's worth justin herbert does have the like he has full autonomy over quarterback sneaks so if he wanted to run it he would have um in terms of thomas's super chat that we've had up for a few minutes 
what was the issue slash bad breakup with Tyron Johnson? Is there an apology or all branch that could be extended to make that a possibility? He's I mean, money best. talks, right? Like if you want to throw money at him, I'm sure he would come over, but um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of clarity with Tyron Johnson in the issue there um, in terms of it being like a bad breakup. And like yeah. some people have talked about character concerns. I've never heard anything of that nature. Um, what I have heard is that a certain former special teams coordinator did not believe that he could play special teams. And that was basically the driving factor mm-hmm. for cutting him. Yeah. And that certain special teams coordinator decided to put KJ fucking Hill as their. <laughs> so um, yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. anything to me. So I, I mean, at this point, like I don't see the problem with bringing Tyron Johnson back, especially because like the whole reason, I mean, part of the reason the chargers are in this position with their offense is because Jalen Guyton towards ACL. Right. And like, yeah. they lost a lot of speed when that happened. Like the only speed. Yeah, the only the only speed on their team, and they've tried to replicate it with like, okay, here's DeAndre Carter, but like, no, that's not how that works. So if you can get a legitimate four three guy, and he, you know, you can measure out how many snaps he plays a game or whatever, and you just sign him to a practice squad deal and see where it goes, I don't see the problem with that. And I mean, that's probably what Tyron Johnson's looking for. He just got cut by the Raiders practice squad, so stop winning within the margins and that kind of stuff. So I don't see the problem. Yeah. Uh, I agree there. Uh, Sonia also joined up as a member, so appreciate that. Um, hopefully, you guys can get into the Discord as well. Um, yeah, we try and have a good time in there from time to time. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um. All right. I don't. Do you guys want to talk about anything else? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm okay. hungry. I want to get out of here. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, either of you? I'm hungry and I want to get out of here. (laughs) Alex, anything about the uh, Phillies or or anything else? I could go for like a Ron Burgundy GFY San Diego, but today's not the day for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Way to be the bigger man. You can have that moment uh, later on in the week. So, um, yeah, obviously a, a bit of a frustrating day today for the Chargers. Lots of injury question marks, lots of coaching question marks. So hopefully they uh, take a, a nice long look in the mirror this week and make some necessary changes after the bye week. So um, we'll have you guys covered throughout the rest of the week. We're going to have hopefully some fun conversations, um, you know, um, over the week, like I said, while the Chargers are on bye, and then we'll have you guys covered for uh, the Falcons game as well. So uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, this is a lot more people in here today than I thought there would be. So um thank you for uh coming in here venting with us you know we always appreciate all you guys support so um that's gonna do it for us we'll see you guys later spring is in the air at littleton coin company and we want to help you brighten your collection visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15 percent off your purchase with a wide selection of coins paper money supplies and more littleton coin company has something for every collector's taste Use promo code SPRING at LittletonCoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.